This episode brought to you by Cafe Imports, Minneapolis-based importers of fine specialty green coffees, independently owned and operated since 1993. Cafe Imports has been dedicated to decreasing its impact on the earth through renewable energy, carbon neutrality, and by supporting conservational efforts in places where quality coffee is grown and also where quality coffee is consumed. Where does your coffee come from? Welcome to the Lake Superior Podcast. I'm Walt Lindela. And I'm Frida Wara. We are made stronger by story, and there's no better source than the continent's largest body of fresh water, Lake Superior. So join us as we highlight the five national parks that ring this greatest of the Great Lakes, meet the people, tour the places, and learn about the projects that make these parks and body of water so remarkable. This podcast made possible with the support of the National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation and Media Brew Communications. I'm Walt Lindela. And I'm Frida Wara, and welcome to Lake Superior Podcast. Yep, here we are again with another episode for you. And uh, today, Frida, this seems like we've got a really interesting person to talk to. Tell me a little bit about Nell Holden. Well, I've met Nell because I've been invited to go along on an expedition to the Apostle Islands. And I learned a little bit about the company that she works for, and I thought it would be really good for folks because one of the ways, of course, one way is that I just love to see our national parks is by water. Mm -hmm. Um, Life at the waterline is just so exciting for me anyway. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot you need to learn, and Nell Holden is a great person to Point your questions to because she's got a lot of answers. Well, Nell Holden is with Wilderness Inquiry. That is the name of the uh, the company. And uh, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Happy to have you here with us today. Uh, let's just start with sort of a bit of an overview about Wilderness Inquiry. Uh, what is it? How to get started? And a little bit about your mission in it as well. Yeah, so Wilderness Inquiry was founded in 1978. Um, right before it was officially founded, um, there was the movement in Minnesota to make the Boundary Waters um, ha- have access for motors, to allow motors into the Boundary Waters, motor boats, potentially paved trails. Um, and the governor of the time had made a statement that the reason that was important to do was to allow access to the Boundary Waters to the women, elderly, and the disabled, um, which uh, is uh, not something we currently agree with. And our founder at the time, Greg Lace, said he was going to prove the governor wrong, that um, people with disabilities, women, even older people can access the Boundary Waters even without motors. And so he went on the first Wilderness Inquiry trip with um, some of his friends and um, some other people he knew who were of all abilities and ages and genders, um, and they had a great time. And what they discovered on that trip was beyond just everybody's physical abilities was a great social integration and how the connection to each other was just as important as their connection to the outdoors and to the wilderness. So um, since then, we've been doing trips for all people um, all around the world. So we do trips locally in the Midwest to the Boundary Waters and the Apostle Islands and Voyagers National Park. Um, We also do some hiking trips out west to Glacier and Yellowstone and Um, We have a few uh, international destinations as well to places in East Africa and Iceland and Peru and all over the world. 
So I have to ask you this then, in terms of what Wilderness Inquiry is now, its mission, um, how has that evolved and what has it maintained? What has it kept from some of those original ideas that got it going? Yeah, I mean, the core of our mission is that anyone should have access to the outdoors and that everybody belongs outside. Um, and so that is that has expanded. Um, you know, Wilderness Inquiry's early days were very focused on accessibility. Um, and I would say what has evolved is other other breaking down other barriers. Um, so we work a lot with um, underserved populations and youth around the country. Um, we have a program called the Canoe Mobile, which um, brings youth and other local community members onto their local waterways. So whether or not that's, um, you know, in Brooklyn, New York, or out in San Francisco, um, getting people out into their natural wilderness areas wherever they are. And how many people would you guess in an average year? Of course, we haven't had average because of COVID. <laughs> but how many people do you get to reach out to now in an average year? Yeah. In an average year, we serve about 40,000 people. Um, much of that is through our canoe mobile program. We have large Voyager canoes that can fit 10 people and are very stable and safe and a great introductory into paddling. Um, and that allows us to, uh, you know, bring the outdoors right to your backyard um, and get a lot of people outside. And you use my favorite word when you say paddling. Mm. So when you look at a population with, with physical disabilities, paddling seems like it really is a good fit I mean, rather than those that might not be able to walk on their own and, you know, doing a backpacking trip, but paddling seems to really work. Yeah, I mean, that's what's, that's what's fun about kayaking and canoeing. Um, you can, really, you can re- really have mixed abilities all in one boat, um, and everybody can contribute to moving that boat forward. And, um, you know, we have some special adaptive equipment as needed or extra staff support where we need, but um, it really can um, sort of equalize the playing field. We're talking with Nell Holden today, who is with Wilderness Inquiry. What do you do, and how did you end up with this gig? My background is in outdoor programming. Um, I was originally, I originally had thought I wanted to do kind of a wilderness therapy type of program. Um, I had, I've worked with sort of all different groups and populations, and um, I just really love the mission at Wilderness Inquiry of getting everybody out, um, and I love the variety of what we do. So. Um, you know, being based locally here in the Twin Cities in Minnesota, it's, it's rare to find a program like this that's in a city center, um, but that's really the gem of what we do. And, um, and yeah, I, <laughs> I have a lot of experience in kind of expeditionary travel. Um, I've led trips all over the Apostle Islands and in the Pacific Northwest and in the Inside Passage um, in Alaska kayaking. So, um, being able to now plan and coordinate and, and follow the, the nonprofit side of that, that track and, and help really our organization run smoothly from all aspects. Oh, I think I'm talking to a woman that knows wet and she knows cold. And and I'll tell you, girl, I don't mind being wet and I don't mind being cold, but wet and cold is miserable. So when you go to plan a kayak trip for people... You've got to be thinking about those two things. I mean, how is it, how is it different to plan a kayak expedition versus a backpacking trip? You know, this upcoming expedition um, in the Apostle Islands, wet and cold is, you know, a very dangerous combination. So um, water is one of our biggest safety hazards, but it's also, like you said, a great, a great form of transportation. And 
Um, you can get a lot of places you can't get to by land. So um, we think that's we think that's important and worth the risk. Um, we when we're looking at Lake Superior, we really have to take into consideration the cold um, and the depth of that lake, and so um, providing proper safety gear making sure our staff are well-trained and well-equipped if there was an emergency. Um, we require everyone to wear wetsuits and life jackets when we're on Lake Superior um, and that we have other, uh, you know, safety equipment as well as backup plans in place as needed. Nell Holden with us today, Business Operations Director with Wilderness Inquiry. Uh, you know, you talk about planning and you talk about doing these things. I'm hearing access for people of multiple levels of experience, people that have, like like Frida here, who has been doing this multiple times over, to somebody who maybe has never done something like this, like myself, that you can you can plan for and you can work with. Tell me a little bit about that and how do you handle that with Wilderness Inquiry? You know, our trips are really geared uh, to be flexible, to, to meet a group where, they're, where they are. So we have public trips that anybody could sign up for, and, and we will frequently have first-time campers or paddlers mixed in with a group with people who have a lot of experience. And, you know, sort of like I said about the founding of Wilderness Inquiry, what people find is that, you know, they might sign up for a trip because of the destination, but what they're walking away with is new friendships, a new appreciation for um, you know, different people's skill sets and what someone can bring to a group and, um, you know, the connection to each other and the social integration is what becomes most important in a trip. Um, we, we have a lot of itineraries that um, really welcome first-time campers with maybe some added creature comforts like um, we have a base camp near the Apostle Islands that has, you know, hot showers and um, larger tent pads and spaces for kind of more of your creature comforts that you might need if you're if you're new to camping, um, and and then we have destinations like the the Boundary Waters or island camping trips where you know it's a little bit more minimalist and you you have a little less stuff with you, but you're kind of more out there in the wilderness and um, really can meet an ind- individual where they're at with their interest and ability. Now, why do you think? I mean, I. I know you and I sitting over a cup of coffee could probably discuss this question for a long time, but why is nature such a good arena for bringing these people together? Yeah, well, we like to call nature the great equalizer. It, um, you know, you're gonna a, a person looks the same to a mosquito regardless of where they come from or um, you know what they do for a living, and uh, it's gonna rain on you no matter who you are and. Um, there are, you know, tools and tricks and equipment that can help make your life easier or better when you're outside, but um, ultimately you're all going to face the same elements. And so uh, that's why we believe the outdoors is a great place to bring people together. Now, Nell, it seems to me like there probably is a certain amount of understanding that obviously a kayak trip will be different from a backpacking trip. But one of the questions I know we wanted to ask you today was adding in planning and logistics of like this trip that Frida is uh, going to be on here with. It's 21 days, National Park. It's the Apostles. This is nearly 70,000 acres, 21 islands surrounded by the coldest water in North America. Explain the logistics of making something like this happen. Yeah, well, so we're very fortunate at Wilderness Inquiry to be able to have a good working relationship with the National Park Service and the Apostles and elsewhere with our other trips. So um, we are, um, you know, a certified outfitter for the area. Um, That means that uh, we have access to 
certain group campsites and other logistics that the Park Service provides. And any individual could register and or could sign up and um, make a reservation for campsites. But you do really need to plan ahead and know, you know, where you can travel, when and how and safely. Um, no matter how much pre-planning we do, there's always going to be decision and judgment that's needed day of. And, um, you know, if we've if we've planned to paddle from one island to the next and it's storming or there's big waves or wind and we can't get there, the Park Service, of course, would prefer that we're safe rather than stick to our itinerary. So our staff go through pretty extensive training um, to be able to make smart decisions, you know, in the snap, in the snap moment. Um, food is a complicated aspect for a trip like this. We... Um, we are having a couple of resupplies since it's 21 days and you can only fit so much food in your kayak at one time. Um, on a typical wilderness inquiry trip, we really pride ourselves in providing good, healthy, fresh food that's, you know, tasty and delicious. And um, on a trip like this, we'll probably do a little bit less fresh vegetables and, um, you know, more kind of shelf-stable items Um Hopefully it's still delicious for Frida's sake. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just don't bring any bananas, baby. I know what bananas look like. And I, I think I shared with you, I got a great story. Uh, I had a girlfriend that on a kayak trip to Isle Royale, she took a cantaloupe. Now, a cantaloupe looks great and it tastes wonderful. It's a little bit of that tropical island feel, right? But when you drop it in the round hatch of a kayak, you forget what it takes to get it out. So we couldn't get your fingers in there to reach around it to get it out. Took everything out of her boat, turned it upside down, tried to pinball it out. But there's a little bit of a lip on that. So what ended up was they had to cut it inside that hatch. Mm. And the fresh smell of cantaloupe is wonderful. The first hour, maybe. But, <laughs> you know, you go a couple more days and everything smells like old cantaloupe juice. So um, I love, I love that Nell is very experienced at this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm okay with some freeze-dried, you know, add mm-hmm. some water. We got the, the best water. But I when I first met Nell, what was so cute, I got I to gotta tell on you, Nell. She was collecting everybody in the group and chatting. She wants to know how much coffee we drink. Ah, see, now that's an important part for me, too. Well, let's let's talk about that. Obviously, the food matters ties into certain key equipment and things like that that you have to have, Nell. And what are some of those things and maybe some of the safety issues, too, tied to the equipment that you're using and, and, and where you're going? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, you know, obviously on Lake Superior, the most important equipment is your boat and your paddle, your life jacket and your wetsuit. And um, I I would say a lot of people get themselves in trouble in the Apostle Islands thinking that they can, you know, use more of a recreational kayak as opposed to an expeditionary kayak. And so having a a sound quality boat is important that can handle the elements and handle the waves. Um, The the water can get really big really fast. Um, uh, You know, paddle, life jacket, wetsuit, um, are all important. Our our guide will also have a VHF radio if, if there is an emergency and they need to communicate with the Park Service and or the um, the Coast Guard or other boats that are in the area. Um, we have other kind of rescue equipment. Um, obviously, when you're on the islands that you have a tent and rain tarps to be able to cook under. Um, the campsites in the Apostle Islands all have bear lockers that are there by the Park Service, which is great, um, a place that you can put your food and secure it for many of the critters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're camping in an area that doesn't, which this group will be on occasion, um, 
that you're hanging food or you have other ways of securing your food at night is really important as well. Yeah, we want to eat the food. We don't want the raccoons or the porcupines or the bears or the fox or uh, even having the birds attack sometimes. Have you ever had that happen to you now that you've lost, you know, you got a box of crackers and all of a sudden you see it fly away and you're... Dag, yep. especially uh, especially in the winter. I've done quite a bit of uh, northern Minnesota winter travel, and those birds get hungry in the winter, and they'll they'll take a you know a handful of gorp right out of your hand if you're not watching. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking with Nell Holden today, who is uh, business operations director with Wilderness Inquiry. We'll talk a little bit more about the group itself, the the agency, the the business. But um, I'm coming at this Nell from a completely different perspective than Frida. I am someone that has not had these adventures that she has. I mean, I grew up on a lake, and I'm familiar with going out and doing some boating and things along those lines, but nothing to this scale. Like for example, I Frank. Probably the last time I was in a kayak when I was a kid, which is a long time ago. How do you prep somebody to do a kayaking? How do you get them them ready? Frida says that you guys talked a little bit and said, if you can get in and out of a bathtub, you can kayak. I, I, I don't know. I'm just curious. How do you prep? How would you prep a guy like me, six foot three, about 295 pounds, hasn't done this in a long time? How do you prep for that? Yeah. Well, one thing that we like to do is have equipment that fits everybody. So um, at Wilderness Inquiry, we have some sort of specialty-made boats um, that are made by Current Design, which is a Minnesota company associated with Winona Canoe. Um, and they uh, they could be extra roomy for people who are larger or who are just not comfortable or don't want to be squeezed into a you know tight, confined, sleek kayak like you sometimes see um on, on expedition. So uh, they're a lot easier to get in and out of. Um, our staff are also trained in helping and teaching that. Um, and the first thing we do with every single trip is is kind of a paddling orientation where we make sure people know how to hold their paddle, they know how to sit in the boat comfortably, um, and they know how to get in and out, including getting out underwater. Um, if a kayak tips and you're in it, you have to be able to slide yourself out. And and typically, people just pop right out, fall right on out, but we want to make sure that you've experienced that before you before you go out on Lake Superior. So we actually do what we call a wet exit drill, and, and you get dunked in Lake Superior on your very first day. Um, <laughs> and that can be scary to some people at first, but it can be a real team-building and fun experience in the long run. And wet exit is so, so important because what we're wearing to protect ourselves from those waves is us spray skirt. So that spray skirt, you're not just in like when you see people on an inland lake and it's nice and warm and sometimes our legs are hanging over the the cockpit, mm-hmm. uh, they need, you need a spray skirt. You need to be in that boat. You need to let it fit you. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nell, you also, for most folks that are tripping with Wilderness Inquiry, they're also in tandem boats, aren't they? Yeah, we have all of our participants use tandem kayaks and um, again, they're a little bit bigger, a little bit more roomy, and they're much more stable on the big water, which is important to us. We've chosen not to use tandem kayaks just because we're going to be really spread out a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. David Gutenfelder, who will be the chief on this expedition as the photographer, and we got a chance to meet him through the Lake Superior podcast as well. Uh, there might be times that he wants to be in a single boat approaching the, the waterline. The same way with Drew Rush, he did a lot of his photography off of a paddleboard and you know, just making sure that you get into some of those those little spaces that 
you get the best shots at. Yeah. So Nell, one of the things that we've found with the podcast is that people listen from around the world with this. This is a, they find out about perhaps places to visit, maybe somewhere to travel to. Uh, What can you tell us about how they can learn more about Wilderness Inquiry, the group and what you do? And perhaps maybe this is something that may, they may get to do with you sometime in the future. Yeah, I mean, heading to our website, wildernessinquiry.org, is the best place to start. And um, we have what we call a trip finder on there where um, you can search by date or destination if you want to go to the Apostle Islands or Yellowstone National Park or New Zealand even. Um, And for all of our trips, you know, we, we typically meet people at the location or at, you know, the city closest to it if, uh, if they need to fly in. Um, so that's a great place to start, wildernessinquiry.org, and sign up for a trip, or um, we have some volunteer options and, and a lot of ways of getting involved. Before we cut you loose today, I do want to ask you, and we want to know, what is the favorite part of your job? What is it that you really love to do with this job? I love the variety of what I get to do every day. So, you know, I get to have a conversation today about um, a 21-day expedition in the Apostle Islands, and um, later on this afternoon, I'm going to be meeting with a group to talk about getting St. Paul kids out on the Mississippi River for a day trip. And those two experiences might sound, you know, polar opposite, but the the excitement is the same for the participants and the connection to the outdoors and to the people they're going to be with is just as strong. And, um, you know, there's a new problem to solve every day with the, with the logistic planning of, of big trips like these. And now, if you were going to be talking to your participants, what would you say? I mean, we're going over the gear list and everybody's talking about paddles and boats and, you know, what hydro skin you're going to wear, what's your PFD. But what do you think is the most important thing that a participant brings with them for a trip with you? Really, their attitude and their mindset. Um, you know, we we want to break down barriers and, and access the outdoors. And so if someone doesn't have the you know, the perfect gear or, you know, the, the most high-tech polar fleece, um, we will we'll provide the essential equipment that they need and um, be able to keep somebody comfortable and safe outside. And, um, and if, they're ready to, if they're ready to experience that and willing to give it a try and, and try to have a good time at the same time, then uh, that's all they need to bring. Nell Holden with us today on the Lake Superior Podcast, the Business Operations Director with Wilderness Inquiry. Again, Nell, what is the website for folks to find out more about what you guys do? Wildernessinquiry.org, O-R-G. All right. Well, thanks for your time today. This has been a pleasure having you on. And be sure to add another bag of coffee just for Frida. <laughs> just for Frida. Oh, well, Will do. Uh, it sounds like quite the adventure you guys are going on. So thanks, thanks for your time to talk about it today. And we will hopefully talk with you sometime soon. Maybe on the flip side, we'll find out how Frida did. <laughs> oh, we don't want to use the word flip. That sounds great. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. That's Nell Holden, who is Business Operations Director with Wilderness Inquiry. Frida, that really just an interesting business company organization that does what they do, allow people to have the ability to find out about their inquiries about the wilderness. Well, and you know, there's the National Outdoor Leadership School and there's Outward Bound. And I asked 
talking with Nell, what's the difference? And she said most of those programs are for youth, Mm -hmm. but what they look at is all ages, all backgrounds, all the disability aspect of it. And Mm -hmm. with my own granddaughter, I have a five-year-old granddaughter with cerebral palsy, and I know we can do river trips with her. We've taken her, I think she's been on six river trips on the Colorado River, and she can't walk. She does with the help of a walker, but she can't go climbing and Mm -hmm. and hiking the way that her mom and dad do. But boy, can we have fun on the river. So, you know, the element of water and how it really helps to get people outdoors. And I love that. And, you know, my tagline is everything gets better when you get outside. Mm -hmm. And that certainly sounds like it with the folks at Wilderness Inquiry. And I know the adventures that are out there. And this is kind of what it's all about with the podcast is telling you about some of these opportunities, adventures and things you can have with the, the national parks on Lake Superior. So we appreciate all of you sticking around with us today for our conversation with Nell Holden, who is Business Operations Director with Wilderness Inquiry, and we will be back again sometime soon. I'm Walt Lindela. I'm Frida Warren. and I'm inviting you to share your thoughts and comments. And if you have future story ideas with us, please go to the website for the National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation and just tag us. Let us know. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. The National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation, NPLSF, is the only official nonprofit 501c3 fundraising partner of the National Park Service for all five U.S. National Park sites on Lake Superior. To learn more about NPLSF projects and programs, you can visit the website at nplsf.org or friend them on Facebook. I'm Frida Wara. And I'm Walt Lindela. Thanks for listening to the Lake Superior Podcast. This podcast made possible with the support of the National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation and Media Brew Communications. This episode brought to you by Cafe Imports, Minneapolis-based importers of fine specialty green coffees, independently owned and operated since 1993. Cafe Imports has been dedicated to decreasing its impact on the earth through renewable energy, carbon neutrality, and by supporting conservational efforts in places where quality coffee is grown and also where quality coffee is consumed. Where does your coffee come from?